All right. Randall teaching on overcoming peer pressure. So how to be an influencer, January 16th, 2018. And a lot of this comes from excerpts from uh, Doug Britton. Probably nobody's heard of Doug Britton. He's a local guy. He does a lot of writing, and he's an MFT and a pastoral type. And he just comes up with some really good stuff, and I was reading it, and it, it touched my heart, some of his, uh, his messages, and especially in this. And it, it was also in my heart uh, because I think in, in any age group, especially the younger you are, uh, but even when you're my age, you're led by different things. You're influenced by different things. You're willing to be led. Um, you want to be led. And you want to believe people are genuine when they say something. They're truthful when they say something. I know it's, um, it's questionable that the leader in the White House, what he says, is I think it's genuine. But it's, it's not always exactly what you think it's going to be. It's hard to figure out whether, um, whether he's uh, genuine or not. Um, but a lot of people are that way. A lot of people in your life. Sometimes the people that are close to you. Some, sometimes people that you, um, that you love or you've known for a long time. You, you really do want to believe them. And, and the fact is, um, most people are followers. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. If everybody would be a leader, uh, it'd be interesting. And I know that's not taught that often. A lot of people have come right here in this place and taught that all Christians are leaders. And I kind of get where that's, where that's coming from is that we, we, we need to lead. We need to lead other people to Jesus. We need to have that um, uh, sort of evangelistic um, mode in our DNA. Um, but I don't believe that we're all destined to be leaders. Right? And certainly in the animal world, it's not that way. Although it's interesting in the animal world, they're always look, looking for somebody to lead the pack, right? Um, I was driving to the Bay Area yes, uh, sun, uh, Saturday, and um, I wish I had a, my video. I was driving, so I couldn't do it, but I thought about it, taking my camera out and videotaping through the window. But um, there was these flocks of, I think they were starlings. Uh, some people know them as blackbirds, but they're actually not. They're starlings. They're obnoxious birds. But they were... Um, they were flying in these um, different designs. There was like three circles of them, way up in the sky with a blue background with nice little rolling hills, mountains, or whatever uh, in by, behind them. And then all of a sudden, this big circle of hundreds of birds would shift, and the reflection would change. They were a certain color of black, and then when they change directions, they would reflect differently because I guess where the sun was hitting them. And it was like there was this show going on and there was three circles and they would all of a sudden be going this way, it just kind of drifting, dot, 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 all these dots and hundreds of birds. Um, and all of a sudden they go, go that way. Then they go this way. 
And I'm like, who's the leader? <laughs> Who are they following here? Somebody's confused. Uh, but it was it was a great um, picture. I wish I had the um, I wish I had a video of it. But I think people are that way. Uh, people, we we all would like to follow somebody, even leaders. One of the first um, first what, what do you want to say? Uh, maybe even the number one value that a leader has is being able to learn how to follow. If you're in the military, for example, from private on up, you don't start as a general. <laughs> you don't start as a colonel. You don't start as a captain or a lieutenant or a sergeant. You start, everybody starts at the bottom. And you earn your way up. Okay? And what you learn early on in the military is you learn how to follow. If you can't take orders and you can't learn to follow, and say, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you say, sir, then you're not going to make it very far in the military. You're never going to be a leader. And it's true in the business world. It's true in, um, in different organizations. It's true in the church world. And it's very biblical as well, as we're going to see a little bit here. Uh, you have to learn how to follow. But, but peer pressure kind of thwarts that. It upsets the apple cart. You can be cruising along, and if you think back, for you guys, not that many years, for me, a whole bunch of years, if you think back to grade school or, say, junior high, middle school, seventh and eighth grade, there's a whole lot of followers and not a whole lot of leaders, and the leaders are kind of suspect at that age but people tend to follow very easily. They pick up what we call fads, or they, um, they tend to dress alike, right? You kind of go, go with that, at least we did. Anybody do that when they were in middle school? You kind of went with the fad. Hispanic, you go with the Northerners or the Southerners. If you're black, you go with one of the black gangs, and you don't mix it up. If you do, you can get hurt. You can lose your life. That's just part of the peer pressure. That's part of how things work. They've got a set way of doing things. Okay? They create their own rules. And if you're a little revolutionary or you want to rebel against that, well, they, have, they take care of that. First, they'll beat you up. And if you don't get it then, they'll slice you with something sharp close by your, your vein on your neck and let you bleed out. So that's how they do things there. That, might, you might say, is a negative peer pressure. Well, it could save your life. If you go along with it, then you don't have to worry about those kind of things. But let's talk about peer pressure, not the military, not back in middle school, not in prison system, something you might be a little bit more familiar with, but also have the effect of um, influence you, uh, influencing you for good or bad. Could be me. Could be Nancy. Could be your parents, teachers, leaders within Remedy, because it could be people uh, that you used to consider your friends. Maybe you don't consider them your friends anymore. Maybe you've grown apart. 
for a variety of reasons. But what's the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about it? So Grant, can you read to us uh, the first verse, Proverbs 13.20? It's on your sheet. It's in red. No, no, it's on your sheet. Okay, we'll go to somebody else. So, I got it now. All right. He who walks with the, the wise, road, he walks with the wise, road wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs thirteen twenty. That's right. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. What does that mean? You'll discuss that when we break up in small groups. A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 12, 26. So you get the idea. If if your friendships and who you hang out with are um, wise, then you're going to be okay. But if you hang out with fools, you're going to be in harm's way. Bad things are going to happen. And sometimes you care about that, and sometimes you don't. So who's leading you? Who's influencing you? That's a question I want you to ask yourself. And again, we'll talk about that in the small groups. But you think of, um, in an extreme case, you think of like a puppeteer. Has anybody ever seen a puppet show where they have? I know you've seen them on movies, right? where they have the strings up above and they're yeah, marionette, moving the arms, moving the legs and stuff like that. Those things always kind of kind of interested me because I'm thinking, okay, I can't see whoever's doing it, but I know there's somebody behind it. See how smart I was? Um, but it also affected me to the point where I didn't want anybody pulling my strings. I didn't want anybody to be my puppet master. I didn't want to be a puppet. Does anybody in here want to be a puppet? So you get controlled. Everything you say, everything you do, somebody's controlling it. As a sidebar, that's what a lot of people think living as a Christian is, right? That God, we believe in a God that is the master puppeteer and controls everything we do. And we we buy into that. Of course, they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) God gives us lots of freedom, as we all know. Sometimes too much, it seems like. But anyway, um, nobody wants to be jerked around by a puppeteer. So that's why, at least for people like me, I always had a difficult time getting along with teachers, bosses. I just, it just never worked well with me and other people telling me what to do. I would never have made it in the military because I'd always ask, why? Why do you want me to do that? Are you kidding me? Run five miles with your pack on. Give me 150 push-ups or whatever. I I just, I can't help it. I, I just, it's like, Really? That doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. My dad never liked it because um, I always, you know, he, I wasn't really questioning his authority per se, but I was questioning the, ra- I wanted to understand the rationale behind it. But he got tired of me asking him 
every time he told me what to do. He didn't want any back talk, which is what he called it. Don't back talk me, boy. I just wanted to know why you want me to do that. And why now? Can't we wait till this TV program is over? Um, so you might feel that kind of or, or experience that pushback where you don't like people even telling you what to do or like a boss telling you what to do. But I can tell you this, using again the military or even private business or organizations, most people appreciate that. They like to be told what to do because then you're not responsible for making those decisions. That's, that's on them. They told me to do it. Uh, you don't have to think about it. You just do it. You want me to go do this and pick up this and take it over there? Okay, I'll do that. That's on you. So it's the easy way. My father was like that, actually. He was, in the, he was a lifer in the military. And the bottom line was, uh, even though, even though he, he got to be a sergeant and he told some people what to do, he liked it because there was a structure to it and an authority to it. And so the peer pressure that took place, the influence was somebody above him would make the bigger decisions. So he wouldn't have to. Not a bad way to live. Let somebody else be responsible for the big decisions. Now, I'm not going to get into married life and who makes all the decisions there and what the role of the, the man is in the household and stuff like that. That's a study for another time, although it's a fun study. But we'd have to have Nancy here. Where's dad now? He's, uh, I think he's in heaven. I'm not sure. He, he passed away years ago. He, he changed address from this planet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I thought it was pretty good. So, so um, what I want to talk about to touch on, and then we're going to split up in small groups, is the peer group that might control you more than you think. Like people you hang out with, people you go and do things with. You know, we talk about in a place like Remedy or in a church or some other Christian group, we talk about community, right? Isn't that a word we toss around a lot? Community. And why, why, is, why do we think community is important? We think community is important because we're all kind of like-minded. I mean, we're not little penguins marching in single file. Okay, but we, we get along with each other. We're, we're okay with each other. We're, it's a good peer pressure. You know, people can hold each other accountable. But I know, because I've been doing this ministry for a while, is that even well-meaning Christians, good young Christians, have a hard time with being in just one community. A lot of times they end up in another community or another community. They have two or three communities. They have the community at school. They have community at work. They have community with other group of friends that don't believe in their same Christian values. And then they have, like, let's just use the example of a remedy community. So there's peer pressure and there's influence going on in all those different communities, right? And sometimes they're going to be at odds. In fact, I would say most of the time they're going to be at odds with each other. 
In other words, they're not going to influence in the same direction. And that creates confusion. Then you have things like hairstyle, tattoos, piercing, jewelry, makeup, your clothing, how you dress. It's an expression and a personal expression of, your, of yourself or your lifestyle or your peer group or not. Maybe it's just all you. Okay? Maybe it's very individualized. Maybe it's not the powder blue corduroys that Rue McNay wants you to wear. Maybe you just, hey, I'm going to wear purple corduroys. I don't care what Rue McNay is wearing. I'm going to be my own person. And that's, that's fine. But you might be surprised about how much you fit in with another group, depending on what, how you look or what words you use or what your tats are. That's short for tattoo, Grant. I, you had a puzzled look over there, so you wanted to make sure. And, and we have our own in the Christian world, right? We have our own slang. You know what some of our slang is? Anybody guess any words? Oh my gosh. That, Yep. That one's actually kind of spread out through such a uh, Ring by spring. Say again? Ring by spring is one on the Christian college campuses. Ring by spring? Yes. Like everyone, where everyone gets engaged, engaged by spring. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. I wasn't, I wasn't following that. I was just thinking something. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens on secular colleges as well. If you're a senior and you're getting into your last semester, there's a lot of peer pressure on getting engaged. Um, that's about when Nancy and I started. Wait a minute. Oh, never mind. Um, how about I'm blessed? Or using the word ministry. I use ministry a lot, and I have people kind of give me that. I don't know what that means. Minister? What is that? So I, I usually see that look in their face, and I have to explain it. Or um, how about God is good? All the time, God is good. Well, we know how the end of that goes, but how many other people that aren't in the Christian community, they've got God is good, they don't know the other part of that phrase. Or even just saying Jesus Christ, or He rules, Lord, Savior. I mean, those are buzzwords for Christians, right? Those are confusing for a whole lot of other people. They really are. Am I right or am I wrong? Am I off base on this? Now you, you, you throw certain words around in the workplace, and I go, whoa, who, who's this person? Where are they coming from? Fish sticks. I haven't used that one for a while. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up this portion with, with, with this. And then we'll, we'll break up in some groups, um, small groups. Uh, your peer group may be very 
intolerant of opinions or ideas they disagree with. Your peer group, regardless of what peer group that is. Um, it could be um, you might um, want to make fun of somebody or express uh, a wrong opinion of somebody if they don't think or believe or follow whatever, the same thing you do. I remember uh, one time, um, nah, he won't listen. I remember one time um, I went on a, uh, uh, on a mission trip to Africa and we had a, a, I don't know, a group of, I think eight of us, seven or eight of us. And um, it was during an election year. <laughs> and one morning and for breakfast, uh, we were downstairs and we start talking politics. Note to self, not a good idea to talk, po talk politics on a mission trip. But most of us, with the exception of one, were like-minded in our political persuasion. Well, the one person that wasn't made that known. And the next thing I know, we're in a full-blown argument. I mean, it, it was getting loud. It was intense. It started to get ugly. And it's like, whoa. And nobody knew how to stop it. Because once we were into it, because people start defending their point of view, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where it, it, it went too far. And so somebody had their feelings really hurt. And it not only affected, it, it didn't, it, we got past it, I think, within the, the days remaining on the mission trip. But honestly, that our relationship with that person changed dramatically when we got back. It was never the same. Never the same. His feelings were really, really hurt because he felt like he was picked on, that he was isolated, um, and he got super defensive, and it, it just wasn't good. So politics, music, movies, sports teams, talk radio shows, religion. Oh, my gosh. You start bringing up these things, and you expect express the, your opinion in certain settings with different peer groups, you'll find yourself isolated, especially Christians, right? Are we not in California in a post-Christian world? You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't fly all the time. In fact, it flies very little of the time. So... Let's break up in some small groups. We're going we're gonna to regroup and come back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it off. But I'd like you, um, these two over here have some sheets with some questions on them. That would be you and you. And you can pick whatever question you want. I've got discussion questions, like, do you feel controlled by people or groups? Describe some situations. So just go over the first four. If you, if you run through those really quick, then there's more discussion questions right after that. So there's plenty of questions. I don't know how, many, how much time for discussion we're going to have. So how are we going to... Um, it's 8.19. So let's come back at uh, about 8.45. So in about 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. So, how are we going to break this up? Um, very difficult. 
you know, you go to a certain workplace, you make friends there, and you want to fit in. I heard, at least downstairs, I heard a lot of when we were younger trying to fit in. But I, I suggest that you try to fit in when you're older, too. You want to make friends, right? Um, and, of course, the Apostle Paul talks about being not being in the world or not of the world. Wait a minute. Got mixed up. Not yeah, in the world, but not of the world. And that's difficult. Um, unless you work at St. Peter's, and then I guess it's probably relatively easy. <laughs> you, you know, but uh, not everybody can, can do that. So, but there's an area that I've noticed over the years, and we've been doing this for how long? How long has Randall been doing this? Almost 20 years, 19 and a half. So um, what I see is I see things, and present company excluded, by the way, I see people joining in and criticizing and gossip about someone. Not a lot, not heavy duty, but it happens. It happens with church folks. It happens with remedy folks. It happens. It's easy. I, I get drawn into it as well. Okay, maybe I start it sometimes. I'm not even sure. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as trying to fit in. So your friends might be spending a lot of money on clothing or, or food. And so you want to fit in. So, man, they're buying these nice expensive lunches. There's $13. And uh, normally I brown bag it or I spend maybe 4 bucks or $5. A big is a $5. McDonald's, I think it's McDonald's, $5 deal or Carl's Jr. or something like that. And, uh, but I'm going to fit in. I'm going to go ahead and spend that money. So you kind of give in. It's not something huge, but it starts, uh, it's like water going over rocks in a stream, right? It doesn't smooth out the rocks unless it's over time and it's constantly shaving away and smoothing out who you really are. Um, and we should have an edge about us. We should be different. We should stand out in the crowd. Um, we don't necessarily need to get along or, how can I say it, um, go along with just to get along with everybody in the workplace or at school. And then there's things like, um, I think I heard people talking about dirty jokes, laughing at dirty jokes, getting drunk, smoking, something you shouldn't smoke, making fun of people from a different race, making fun of people because maybe some of the clothes that they wear. Well, I think I think you mentioned you made fun of the, the FFA guys. FA, yeah. Or maybe they made fun of you. No, I don't know. You made fun of them because they had these things sticking out of their cheek that was round like, mm, what's that? Oh, chaw. Okay. <laughs> Um, but here's something I see a lot, and I think it's peer pressure, and I think it's partly maturing. I think it's, it's also a part of uh, just, just growing up and understanding who you are in the Lord uh, is movies. Movies for every generation, mine, probably the folks older than us, uh, and definitely you guys. I mean, you guys can quote more movie lines 
than anybody I ever could have imagined. I mean, people used to quote out of books or poems or what somebody said in a speech. You guys quote movies. <laughs> I mean, you guys are good at it. But then I see a lot of, I hear, and not you specifically, really, not you specifically, but I would I check periodically and see what kind of movies people are watching. And there's a huge amount of horror movies that people go to. There's a huge amount of comedy movies or comedy shows on TV, and I'm thinking, wow, you really want, you're, you're listening to that? Not that I'm judging, I'm just questioning. <laughs> really? Is that appropriate? So there's things like that where the culture grabs a hold of us, and just like that water smoothing over rocks, it doesn't seem to be that bad. It doesn't seem to be, uh, I mean, where does it say it's a sin in the Bible to listen to this particular comedian or this coarse language or these kind of jokes? Or where does it say in the Bible anything that's wrong to watch horror movies? I just don't, you know, where is that? Um, so people, I, it gives me a thrill, Rand. You don't understand. I just, I just, ah, I like, I like them. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. It. It's to me. It's a negative peer pressure, um, and it can come from a variety of directions. It, it it can start in high school. Can start when you're growing up. It can start with your parents. It can start with your older brothers and sisters. And then we reach this point where um, older adults, as you get older, nobody's accusing you of being older adults at this point. I'm an old adult. None of you are old adults at this point. But um, folks my age and my peer group will deny in a way or they'll hide the fact that they're Christians in the workplace. They'll just be quiet. They won't say anything. Not appropriate. There's nothing in the rules. They just know that it would make them stand out and be uncomfortable. I was never that way. I, I, I had no problem with it. I mean, I didn't wear it on my shirt sleeve. Uh, hey, I'm a Christian. Uh, I wasn't bleeding uh, Bible verses everywhere I went in the workplace. But it was to the point where I'd get nicknames. Like when the Simpsons were real popular, <laughs> guess what my nickname was? I was Ned. <laughs> Bible toting Ned, you know, and I thought, all right, I can I can deal with that. That that's a good one for me. No, I did not. I, I was tempted to though, but I, I remember this one place. It was a fairly dark place uh, to work, just from the ownership on down, for lots of reasons. But what I noted is that there were certain people, and I didn't know them that well where I worked, is that they would come. And they would ask my advice on things, some serious stuff. I'm like, whoa, I don't even know you like that. I, I don't even, I mean, I felt a little uncomfortable, but I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. If I'm trying to be light and salt in the workplace, then this is what I should be doing. They're coming to me because they say, well, there's nobody else here that I think would listen to me or give me some good advice 
So they're coming to me because I figured, I guess, if nothing else, I was a good person. Or maybe I set a good example. Or maybe the Lord just connected this. Simple as that. And so, um, and that's, that's what I think is a good thing in the workplace. It can be a good place. For, it's a good situation for you guys. You can be that people, that person. And yeah, you'll stand out. You might get called Ned Flanders or something worse. Jesus, you could be called Jesus boy. That's the, that could be. Uh, but, but you know what? Maybe it's a badge of honor. Maybe it's a badge. You could be called a lot worse things. Maybe that's a badge of honor. But there's one last thing. And, and oh, I also want to read this verse, or somebody can read it. I don't know if it's in your handout. Did I uh, print out Galatians 2, 12 and 13? Or can somebody look that up? Um, it's not printed on here. Okay, so somebody look up Galatians 12, 2, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And um, I'll let you read that. But I'm going to finish up with um, leaders. Remember I started with leaders and what leaders were and all this kind of stuff. Leaders sometimes give into peer pressure also. They go along with their followers, even when they know they shouldn't. Or sometimes leaders can lead you astray. They could be a very good leader. They could be charismatic. They could have all, say all the right things and wear the cool clothes or just be that kind of charismatic person. And so people tend to follow that for good or bad, good peer pressure or not so good peer pressure. Like Hitler. Um, I, I don't know if I would put Hitler in that, but he was, he was charismatic. He was a speaker. He was a good speaker. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about what would be an extreme example. I'm talking about within the group, within your church, within the Christian community. Okay. I'm bringing it, I'm trying to bring it close to home as much as I can. Uh, I mean, uh, a, a good pastor would acknowledge that he should be held accountable for what they say by somebody. There should be elders in the church holding them accountable or other congregants that would say, whoa, 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 you said on Sunday this, and I don't know if that squares with how I understand the Bible. Could we talk about that? And they should be fine with that. Okay? I should be held accountable for anything that I say up here or anybody else that, that speaks up in front of you. Well, wait a minute, Randall. And you guys are really good about that. Man, you're full of crap. I don't know what the heck. Where'd you come up with that? I mean, I've been called out so many different times. And of course, I have to put them in their place. No. Um, it's, it, it's okay to be held accountable. But there, in addition to that, there is also leaders that might take you a direction that maybe you shouldn't go. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why did they not us, you know? And then, you know, I, I, I question that. Or I'm, I'm going down that road with them and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, that's taking me away from my community or that's taking me away from my friends or that's taking me away from what I think is good and right. Or that's, that's contrary to what, 
after a while, you have to develop discernment. And you know, my definition of discernment, you can look up your own definition of discernment. To me, discernment is um, having knowledge and wisdom and a splash of the Holy Spirit, maybe a heavy dose of the Holy Spirit to discern, discerning spirit. You've heard of discerning spirits, right? So you know the difference between right and wrong. You know, a lot of kids that I talk to in juvenile hall say, you feel me, Randall? You feel me? I said, no, I'm not feeling you at all. I don't know you well enough to feel you, dude. What they're really saying is, do you understand me? And I'm saying, no, I don't understand you at all. And, and I don't think anybody else does. I said, I, but I, and so then I teach them discernment. I said, discernment is, that's something as a born-again believer, I believe the Holy Spirit indwells in us and we're able to tell when somebody's not telling the truth or leading us astray or being a bad influence. And we need to have the courage to stand up or at least pray to God, say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm getting some uncomfortable feelings here, Lord. Where is this person taking me? Where is this group going? What am I being taught? What do they want me to do? It sounds okay, but your discernment needs to be in place, and you need to call on that. And when you're younger, you probably don't understand that. It's hard to draw on that discernment. But the older you get and the more well-versed in the Bible you are, the closer you abide in the Lord and walk close to him, you can touch his garment, then you'll have discernment. You'll be able to reach out and say, okay, I know Jesus' voice. I'm not sure this other person's voice is true and right, and Jesus is telling me something different. Or go, or go find some, some other people that you trust and ask them. What do you think? This, this person is saying that, or this group is wanting to do this. What should I do? I think they're good people. They're Christians. What's going on? It's okay to question. It's okay to ask. Okay, do it appropriately. <laughs> Don't be respectful. But um, it's, it's okay to question. And so if somebody can read Galatians 2, 12, and 13, that would be awesome. About Peter and Barnabas giving in peer pressure. Who's got it? Yes, go for it. You got it? Wait a minute. I'm going to give you the, the microphone. Hi, I'm Nicholas. I was the one Randall was talking about. And um, I'm 18, and I'm from Elk Grove. All right. <laughs> Galatians 2, 12, 13. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. That's not a, uh, a scripture you get <laughs> that preaches well in church, is it? But it kind of hits home like, whoa, whoa, hypocrisy, James, Barnabas, led astray. Wow, what was going on? That's crazy, isn't it? So even they were led astray. 
And Paul called out Peter and his whole thing with what he was eating and what he was teaching the Gentiles. So I just have to tell you, leaders sometimes give in to this pressure. They, they feel the pressure, and the devil's always trying to tackle them and bring them down. So I, I, I'm all, I, I don't ask for it enough in, in this group and other groups. I, I ask for prayer because the devil will always try to take the head, cut the head off and let the, the rest of the body go away. And so we find a striking example of this in chapter 32 of Exodus. And I'm going to go ahead and read this one. You can look it up if you want, chapter 32 of Exodus. When God was speaking to Moses at Mount Sinai, the people got restless and asked Aaron to make them gods. Although Aaron was the high priest and fully aware this would be very wrong, this is Aaron, Aaron of the Bible. He went along with them. Peer pressure. Moses wasn't around. The leader was up having a rendezvous with God. And so Aaron was down there next in charge, so to speak. And the people influenced him. A leader. So what happened? Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 4. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. Who will go before us? As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That always amazed me. Even when I was a new Christian, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Moses is up having a powwow with the Lord, and they're dying. I mean, I don't know how much time went by. I think there was quite a bit of time. But still, it's like, man, this guy let you out of, out of Egypt? I know you're a little mad about eating the, uh, you know, the... Um, the manna and, and stuff for, for 40 years, but come on. But that's part of the pride. That's part of... Well, they they were into no, no, that's not quite what it was. It was uh, they were they were accustomed in those days of idol worshiping, mm -hmm. and they made them out of gold and precious uh, precious metals and stuff like that. So that was common for the the other folks, the Jews, not so much. That was really against their religion, but that's what other people groups, other ethnicities did. Yeah, out of metal. I, that's idol worshiping. And that was one of the Ten Commandments that came out, do not worship idols. Well, we're not going to get in, into that part of the study for a while. It's just to show you that even leaders, and the old saying, leadership abhors a void. So when Moses, is, their leader's not around, there's a void. And that void is just begging it to be filled 
and it will be filled by something or somebody, it might not just be the right thing. So I'll leave you with this memory verse, and if Garrett could cue up the next Remedy song, mm -hmm. that would be awesome. So, um, yes, sir. So Proverbs twelve twenty six: a righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. That's a memory verse. So if you can memorize that, go for it. A righteous man is cautious in friendship. That is Proverbs 12, 26. A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And David Crowder is going to sing a, another song called Remedy. And here it is. <laughs> <laughs> 